Hey, welcome to season three of the Fearless Women podcast. I'm Janice McDonald, creator, host, and executive producer of the show and global champion for women. Thank you for joining us every week as we bring you inspiring conversations with the unafraid. We're the source for authentic, true stories from remarkable women from around the world. If you love what you hear, tell your friends and share the love with a five-star rating. Sign up for our Stay Fearless newsletter. You'll get the inside scoop on all things fearless, like episode highlights, my personal reflections, and so much more. Subscribe with the link in the show notes and follow us on Instagram at Fearless Women Podcast. Remember to pick up a copy of my beautiful, best-selling book, Fearless Girls with Dreams, Women with Vision, for more inspiring true stories. It's available everywhere. Enjoy the show and stay fearless. Hey, everybody. I'm Janice McDonald. Welcome to the Fearless Women podcast. A big shout out to our listeners from all around the globe, including Ireland, New Zealand, USA, and so many more countries. I love having you join us. I'm thinking about you and I hope you're doing all right out there. My guest today is Amy Kiernan. Mm, Lots to talk about. She's a sector leader at Twitter, leading a sales team and She's also a professional coach and a self-described game addict who says that walks among the trees make her happy. She's going to tell us about that and so much more. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So let's jump right in. I'd love to hear about a time that you, Ms. Amy Kiernan, were fearless. Yeah. Well, I think the big one that I could put my finger on is moving to Canada, you know, 10 years ago. My husband, my now husband um, and I were, you know, living in Dublin and it was in the height of the recession at the time. And, you know, we were in our mid to starting to get into later 20s and we had a wanderlust that I think we had never really satisfied. And so, we, we, you know, said to ourselves, why don't we try, you know, move to Canada for a year, see how it goes. Like we had never been to Toronto. We had never been to Canada, any part of Canada. And we said, we'd try it. We tried for a year and see what happened. And that was over 10 years ago now. <laughs> and obviously something worked out <laughs> because we're still here. And um, yeah, it's been, you know, such a huge part of my life. And, and I think When I think about being fearless, I certainly think immigrating and experiencing a brand new culture has has definitely been one of those one of those times where we did it despite our fear. And what, if anything, surprised you about living in Canada? I think I had potentially expected it to be a little bit like like America, like New York. I had lived in New York before. And I had lived in New York a couple of times, actually. Um, I did an internship there when I was in university. And then I went back and I lived in New York for a few months after graduating university. And I think I expected Canada and Toronto to be very similar, which was on reflection, you know, quite naive. Um, but what I really found was just such a wonderfully like warm and, you know, fun culture. I, I feel like it's just become such a part of me. I feel like I'm half Canadian now, you know, obviously full Irish, but but really adopting, you know, that Canada culture too. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been a revelation. I can't believe it's been over 10 years since we've been here. And so much has happened for me here. You know, I mentioned my husband, like he was my boyfriend at the time and we moved here together. We moved in together. We got married here. 
we had our baby here, you know, two and a half years ago. And my son was born in St. Joseph's in Etobicoke. And so Canada has just given us so much. It's just been wonderful. So your current role at Twitter, tell us about, you know, a day in the life as Amy and why you love it. Why do you love working for that company? Well, I have been at Twitter in Canada for nearly eight years now. It'll be eight years in June. And I think what I love most about Twitter is the fact that I'm constantly challenged. I think no two days are the same. I mean, it's busy, it's demanding, it's it's challenging, but it's filled with, you know, incredibly smart people, resilient people, determined people that I just continue to learn from, you know, every single day. And I think, you know, it really comes down to that. I mean, for me, I have the ability to really meet with, you know, clients that work with our team. I work very closely with, you know, cross-functional leaders, for example, like marketing, research, um, our global content team. And so I'm constantly working with different departments on different projects and strategies. And so it really keeps me on my toes. You know, it's certainly not a quiet job and it's certainly not You'd never get bored, but I like that. And for me, what's most important when I consider my career is, am I growing? You know, am I progressing? Am I, am I moving towards something versus kind of staying in the same place? You know, I feel so grateful to work at a company that has really been a leader in creating this sense of, you know, social accountability. I, I see a lot of the time in my work that never more so than now, you know, people are calling on brands and organizations to really, you know, the word is show their receipts and become accountable to what it is that they stand for and what their purpose is. And, you know, when I think about Twitter's purpose, our purpose is to serve and protect the public conversation. And, you know, for me, I'm just so grateful to have had eight years in working for a company that really lives that every single day. I will say one thing that I think needs to be said around keyboard courage. You know, we think about a lot of women leaders face a lot of vitriol coming mm-hmm. uh, through the keyboard. How does that sit with you? Or, you know, I know it doesn't sit well. What What do you want to say about it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sit well. It's unfortunate that that happens, you know, across all platforms. I think what I would say is don't be silenced. Continue sharing your message. That's the most important thing. Focus on what it is that your purpose is. And I think that is the most important thing to remember. Beautiful. That is the message we need to hear. Regardless of what's happening, keep keep going, ladies. (laughs) Keep sharing that message. So thank you for that, Amy. Keep going. Absolutely. And don't be silenced. Don't listen. So any tips for those of us that want to get better at crafting effective messages? Because you have on your Twitter account a stunning amount of uh, short <laughs> and effective messages. So <laughs> what's what's your advice for all of us? Yeah, well, Twitter certainly forces you to be concise, you know, with your messaging. I think when I think about crafting effective messages that really want to convey, you know, a sense of what your meaning is, To me, the most important thing is clarity. I think if you're able to really identify what it is that you're trying to say in a short, concise and and extremely clear way, um, I think that's that's really all you need. I read, um, you know, Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, you know, Mm -hmm. a year or two ago, whenever it came out. And she has this saying, which is clear is kind. 
And of all the things, the wonderful things that she, you know, covered in that book, for me, that came across so strongly because sometimes it can be scary to be clear. You know, like this podcast is about fearlessness. And and I think to myself, sometimes we're afraid of being clear because we don't want to hurt people's feelings or, you know, we make assumptions about what our message will mean or what they will take it to mean. And so, you know, what really resonated with me when I read that book was just be clear, be as clear as you possibly can, set expectations as clearly as you can. And and if you can do that, you know, that's the best way to really, to really get your message across and to have meaning. So what's something you wish you knew earlier, Amy? Well, you know, I think about my younger self and I think about how when I was younger, you know, certainly in my 20s and earlier in my career, I was I was much more fearful than I am now. And I think that that comes from you know, really worrying about what other people think. You know, it's a, such a common, common thing that we all experience to a to a certain degree, you know, some more than others. And when I think back on my younger self in my in my earlier 20s, I definitely took less risk because, you know, I cared so deeply about how other people, you know, saw me, thought about me. I'm a long time recovering perfectionist, you know, and I, I care deeply about um you know, having impact and what kind of way that I present myself in the world. And so when I was younger, I definitely took less risks because of that. And so I don't know if if it's something that I could have learned earlier. I think you just kind of tend to come at this at your own pace, depending on your life experience. But for me, there's been such a liberation in my life when, you know, I think back to my younger self and myself now, I've really let go, I think, of a lot of a lot of that fear of, you know, being judged or saying the wrong thing. You know, people are very forgiving. I think generally people are very kind. And yeah, let's say I mess something up or I take a risk and it works out badly. I think I have a lot more trust now in other people. And they're potentially, you know, if I think about messing up, for example, or saying something stupid or you know, saying something that I didn't mean to say or whatever, whatever that might be. Now in my, you know, later 30s, having gone through, you know, over 15 years of my career, I really trust other people a lot more. And I think about their intentions in a way that's much more spacious. And I think to myself, you know, we all make mistakes and it'll be okay. I like that idea of positive intent. It's so powerful when we yeah. extend that to others. Yeah. What's something you've done once that you'd like to never do again? Childbirth? <laughs> Can I say that on here? <laughs> you bet. Yeah, that was that was something. Um, but you know, I I joke, but I think um, you know, I can't really put my finger on anything because you know what. Everything that I've experienced has brought me to where I am now, you know, whether that be mistakes that I have made, whether that be, you know, career decisions that maybe I wouldn't make now. It doesn't matter. It's happened. It's over. And for me, I tend to live much more in the future than in the past. And so I can kind of let go of things fairly easily. And so, you know, for me, I think it's just looking forward and and thinking to myself, okay, what have I learned? How have I progressed? And who am I now? And who am I becoming? 
So I am going to ask you to look back, take us back to your 10 year old Mm. self. Uh, What were you into? Uh, Where were (laughs) you living in the world? And what was, what was little Amy like? Yeah. Well, little Amy was living in Ireland and um, I was a little nerd, like really, really nerdy, which I, I still am for sure. And I loved reading. I still do to this day. I am a voracious reader. I can read depending on if I get really into something, I can probably read like three to five books a week. And so when I think of myself as at 10, it was very much, you know, into reading. Also, I was quite outdoorsy. I, I, I liked climbing trees. You know, there was this huge tree and there still is this huge tree in my grandparents' uh, backyard or front yard, actually. And it was my tree and I used to climb that. And now that I'm a mother, I have so much empathy for my own mother and the heart attacks that she must have had when, you know, she would come outside and see me climbing this tree because I was high up off the ground. Like (laughs) you're talking 20, 30 feet. So I was very adventurous, but also quiet. I also loved games. Even at that point, I loved playing video games. My sister and I would play, you know, back in the day, it was, it was a Super Nintendo, Mario, um, and then as I got older, you know, I started playing PlayStation with my sister and yeah, it was, it was, you know, very, uh, very, very into books and always into that kind of learning and reading and, and like I still am today. What are you reading right now, Amy? So I'm reading this book called Flow. So I read a lot of um, nonfiction kind of development books as part of my coaching um, my coaching curriculum and, and my development that I'm that I'm doing right there. And so what I'm reading right now is this uh, this book called Flow, and it's by a psychologist called Mihai um, Csikszentmihalyi. So it's a bit hard to a bit hard to pronounce. He's Hungarian, and he's a psychologist that that explores essentially the nature of experience and what makes an experience optimal, and ultimately, you know, what makes us happy. And so he calls flow. Um, this kind of sense of, you know, being so in the moment and being so absorbed in something that you're doing, having such mental clarity and focus that you have when you do something that you really, truly love, but that is also challenging and rewarding and exciting. You know, so he uses a lot of examples around like rock climbing, for example. It's not something you can just do and be mindless about, you know, there's, there's, or music, creating music, you know, you really have to be in this kind of sense of flow, he calls it. And what I find really interesting about this book is you can kind of create the environment for flow in anything that you're doing, which I find really powerful because obviously in coaching, it's all about moving towards your potential and, and unlocking, you know, what it is that you want out of your life and what is what is it that's going to be fulfilling and rewarding for you. And so this book, the reason why it's really interesting, although it's a bit heavy, is that you can kind of create that for yourself. And I love that. I love the fact that there's so much power in being able to create flow in anything that you're doing. So when you're you know, trying to get into flow, sometimes you face roadblocks, all of us do. Mm-hmm. What's your advice or you know, how do you advise people move forward when they're stuck? Yes. Well, you know, it's such a common thing, first of all. I mean, I think that getting stuck is such a human condition. And it happens to me, it happens to everybody. And I think, you know, what has really helped me when I feel stuck is to really take a step back 
and reflect on, you know, what it is that you love, you know, go back to your values. And, and maybe you've never spent time, you know, figuring out what your values are. And so if you're stuck, that would be a great place to start. And so really, really reflecting on what is it that I love to do? What happens when I'm feeling joyful? Like, what am I experiencing when I'm feeling joyful? And what that will do is it will give you a sense of the values that you have now. Values can change. You know, values change all the time. You know, in my own life, my values now as a mother of a two and a half year old are very, very different than the values I had as a, you know, 30 year old with no baby. And so, and that's perfectly common and, 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 you know, that's what you would expect. And so for me, examining your values and being able to really pinpoint what it is that you need to have in your life in order to have that life be meaningful and joyful is really, really the first step. And I think from there, if you know what you love to do, you can start to figure out what it is that you are good at, you know? So, um, so what is it that you, you are naturally talented at? What kind of strengths do you have that kind of come easy to you and everybody is so unique and everybody has different strengths that are, you know, sometimes super complimentary. And so if you can do that and you can figure out, okay, this, these are my values and this is what I care deeply about now, where I, where I am right now in my life. And along with that, here's what I'm really naturally good at. Here's what I find easy to do. It's not a struggle, you know, for me to, to do this. If you can put those two things together, I think it gives you such a clearer sense of what it is that will make life rewarding for you. Your values will guide you to that. Robin Sharma, the uh, author and uh, leadership guru, has written about the idea of joy as a GPS. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the people and the places and the things that give you joy to use those to guide guide you forward. And I think that's um, aligned in some ways with what with what you're suggesting as well. Absolutely. So tell me this first place, Amy, that you are going to go when we can all travel again. Where's that place for you? Well, I mean, it may not be a surprise, you know, given my accent where I'm from, but of course the number one place that I'm going to go when I can travel is home. You know, it's home to Ireland. It's home to see my family. I have a lot of, a lot of family that I haven't seen and I was very, very fortunate to be able to go home over Christmas. I actually took five weeks and we quarantined in my mother's house. She was incredibly generous and and actually moved out of her house, gave it to me and my son and my husband. And we spent five weeks, uh, two of those, you know, isolating to make sure that, you know, we were, we were COVID free and we did a ton of COVID tests, which was not fun but we were able to be home for Christmas and it was an unbelievable gift and so, so special. And so, you know, the first thing on my list to do when we travel is book those flights and, you know, just figure out how to, how to get home as soon as possible, because, you know, I spoke about values earlier and I think the the year and actually more than the year, you know, it's coming up on a year to 18 months of this incredibly challenging time I think what has become clear to most people is what is really important to me? Like, what is it that's, you know, when you strip away all of what has been stripped away from us, you know, we haven't been able to travel. We haven't been able to go out to restaurants. 
we haven't been able to, to see friends and, you know, just even, you know, going into the office and having a cup of tea with somebody that you really enjoy speaking with. We've all of that has been stripped away. And so, you know, just really thinking about what it is that is so important to me and am I able to honor that? To me, of course, you know, what's really coming up is family and being away from family has been very hard. And I'm sure many people have experienced that. You know, there's so many immigrants in, in Canada and Toronto. And so, um, so yeah, it's been interesting how this year has really stripped away a lot of the, the external and really in a way forced us to kind of look within and see when we have nothing else, what is, what is most important to us? And for me, that's family. That's walking among the trees. You know, I mentioned that in my Twitter bio. I love, love, love going outside for a walk. I do it every day. I'm very like my granny that way. My granny is the exact same way. She tells me about her walks. She makes sure she goes out for a walk every single day. And, you know, just those simple things that you are able to honor, even though we're under so many restrictions, you know, allows you to have somewhat of a a happy life, even though it's, you know, this time is hopefully going to be fleeting and hopefully going to be over soon. Yeah, we're all living very edited lives. And yet, in so doing, as you mentioned, Amy, gets gets us very clear. You talk about mm-hmm. clear is kind. <laughs> it's very clear what's important to each of us. So final question, Amy, mm-hmm. what is your dream for the world? You know, I think the main thing for me when I think about the world and I expand my focus beyond my family, my son and my circle is really just very simple. I think it's just kindness you know, and, and extending generosity to other people. And it's something that I try and do. I don't do it all the time. You know, I'm human and I certainly go to maybe an ungenerous place at times and I interpret things, you know, in a way that's not not kind. But what I try to do and what I think the dream would be is to extend that intentional generosity to people and to assume that everyone is doing their best. You know, everybody is struggling. And everybody has a story, perhaps, that you don't know about. You're only seeing the surface. And so, you know, moving away from the judging of the outside or the judging of the external to really appreciating and extending generosity to the internal world and being kinder, I think. Mm, A beautiful dream for the world and a simple and clear approach that we could all (laughs) take on and move forward with kindness and joy as our GPS. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. My guest has been Amy Kiernan. She's sector lead at Twitter, professional coach, and a happy walker among the trees. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Fearless Women podcast. Thank you so much, Janice. It was lovely to speak with you. Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, BDC, Lockheed Martin and Export Development Canada. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to Export Development Canada, the international risk experts, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. Supporting Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. EDC takes your worries away and helps you grow your business with confidence. When your business has no borders, neither does your potential. 
Find out more at edc.ca slash women in trade. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca slash women.